Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Masay Shvi, the seventh and last Aliyah in Pasha's Masay, and the last Aliyah in Sefer Bamidbar. Our Aliyah is, in fact, 13 Psukim long, writing from Perik Lamed Vov Pasuk Aleph to Yud Gimel, and the topic of our Aliyah is the transition of inheritance. So we hear a story that occurs and a law which follows. The story is the heads of the family of Gilad, from Machir, from Menashe, children of Yosef, come to speak in front of the leaders of Israel, and they say, look, there's a problem. You just granted the right of inheritance of what's called Yerusha Sabas, where the daughters, like the daughters of Tzlofchad, will inherit from their father. But what's going to happen is they're going to marry into other tribes, and then when they die, the other tribes are going to inherit the land, which means they will have pockets of other tribes in our tribes. If you can imagine, let's say, one of the daughters of Tzlofchad would marry somebody from the tribe of Shimon, and that person now, and then let's say the wife predeceases her husband, the husband will now have an area, a pocket of land in the middle of Menashe, now thereby diminishing the area of Menashe. They thought that was inappropriate. So Moshe says, you know, you're right, you're B'nai Yosef Tovrim, this is the same language he used to describe when describing the, the, what the daughters of Tzofcha themselves did. And so he says to avoid the to avoid this, he says that the people, they should find the right suitors to marry but they should be from the tribe and should be from the same tribe and then he expands his law to the rest of the tribes they'll call bas yoreshes nachla from any daughter who's inheriting a nachla she's at the sole inheritor so there's no sons in this case she should not marry out of the tribe that's what the the law is and uh, that, that is extended because of this and in the end we hear in the last few psukim that the daughters of tzlofchad married into their family and their, their inheritance remained in their tribal ancestral um, area and the Torah concludes by saying and so there now these are the laws which are commanded in this area of on the on the steps of Moab on the banks of the Jordan River so a, bit, a few basic points to ponder in this aliyah is was this a permanent law so the Gemara and Baba Asa teaches us no because it is, it is actually related to the words Zeh Hadavar, this is the matter, it was only one generation in lasting. When did it actually end? The Gemara by Basra Kufchof actually tells us that when this law reached its statute of limitation, there was a celebration, it was on Tuba Avin, this is one of the reasons why we celebrate Tuba Avin, there's six reasons to celebrate Tuba Avin, one is the day that the Shvatim, the tribes were allowed to intermarry to one another, so this law was only for the first generation as the tribes were establishing themselves in their tribal territories in the land of Israel, thereafter it was a matter less who married whom, and it was a celebration when the tribes were able to remarry to each other as well. Now, weren't the Benos Tzavchad allowed to marry anyone? So the Rachel HaMakadosh says, actually, yes. The daughters of Tzavchad could have married whoever they wanted, even after this law, because Hashem allowed them to inherit, and Hashem did not make any provisions on their inheritance. So what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to them is a Eitzah Tova, is a suggestion which they actually listened to, for the rest, for Kol Hashem did not give explicit permission in the same way as the Rebunas Tzlovchad in Pashas Pinchas, then that was the law for that one generation as well. Now, it is interesting to notice that the Gemara in Ba'abasra Kufiyu Gimel Amur Aleph talks about who is the person who may inherit these Bas Yoreshes Nachla, these daughters who inherit, the, the, who have this inheritance. So, the, so the, the Gemara says over there that it does not refer to a son because it can't be that a son is called Acher, Ava. 
because the, the way it is described in the Pasuk is their concern is it's going to go to another tribe, to another person. So the, another person cannot refer to a son. Rav Soloveitchik points out in a famous idea that Elisha ben Avuya, the great teacher, the great sage, who unfortunately went off the, the, the thin and narrow, became, became to be known as Acher, the other one. When it came to the Mishnah, he was a great teacher of Rabbi Meir. So for a number of theological reasons, he, 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 he was not able to remain you know, in theologically in the, the straight and narrow Judaism. So when he was confronted with, um, by his student, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir said to him, you know, Hashem says you can do tshuva. Anybody can do tshuva. Anybody can do repentance. You can come back from the, perhaps the misguided ideas that you went and the misguided life you went down. And Acher uh, Sano, I heard um, from behind the power god, from behind the, the celestial curtain, that everybody can do teshuva except for Acher. And um, the mistake Rav Soloveitchik says is that a, a son is never called Acher, a son is never called other. A child is always the child of their parent. And what his mistake was, was thinking that he was Acher and not a son. He didn't realize that he was not pinned into that. He was, he was pinning himself into a figure or a character that he wasn't himself. That was the, and that's perhaps learned from the, the, this Gemara referring to Aliyah. Finally, one last question, which is a very profound point, and that is, is why is it that of all the topics that the four books of Moses, this, 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 this Sefer, which is the last of the speeches of Hashem directly, because the Sefer Devarim is Hashem through Moshe's last speech, but this is really the last commandment. Why is it that we end with a one-generational command? It's very strange. You know, give us something more monumental. Something which is, you know, longer lasting, has longevity. Why a one-generational mitzvah? Why do we even need to know about this? So the Beis Yaakov of Ishbitz, the Ishbitz Rebbe explains a very powerful idea. And that is, is because this is the model of Judaism. Judaism is not meant to be only archaic laws, which, which were at the times of, you know, agricultural society. The Torah is giving us the building blocks to understand, to apply these laws to each generation. And the generation that entered the land of Israel needed a specific mitzvah for that generation. That was Loisis of Nachla, that it shouldn't be intermarriage for the first generation to establish the tribal boundaries. But there are going to be many other times in history where we're not going to change. We don't change the Torah. But we take the, the archetype of the ideas, the axiomatic ideas and mitzvahs, and we all extend them to new areas which have not yet been governed yet. That is the model of the Torah. So the Torah ends off with a one-generational application for the need of that, of that generation, which is going to be the model for understanding Torah. With this, we end Parshas Masay and Sefer Bamidbar. Chazak, chazak, v'nis chazay.